In this paper, we present a method to create Word's image illustration automatically. Welcome to Talking Papers, the podcast where we talk about papers and let the papers do the talking. We host early career academics and PhD students to share their cutting-edge research in computer vision, machine learning, and everything in between. I'm your host, Itzik Ben Shabbat, a researcher by day and podcaster by night. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to Talking Papers, the podcast where we talk about papers and let the papers do the talking. Today we will be talking about the paper, Word as Image for Semantic Typography. This paper was published in SIGGRAPH 2023 and received the Honorable Mention Award. I'm happy to host the first author of the paper, Shir Ilus. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Can you introduce yourself? Yes, so thank you for inviting me. Uh, my name is Shir Ilus. I'm a master's student at Tel Aviv University under the supervision of uh, Professor Daniel Cohen-Or and uh, Professor Ariel Sham. And who are the co-authors of the paper? So my colleague, uh, Yael Winker, is an equal contributor for this uh, paper. And uh, we also have Amir Ertz, Daniel Berio, uh, Daniel Cohen-Or and Ariel Shamir, uh, who contribute uh, significantly as well. All right, amazing. So in a TLDR kind of format, two, three sentences, what is this paper about? Uh, so this paper presents a method that creates Word's image uh, illustration automatically. Uh, Word's image means that we take words and then turn them into a visual representation of their meaning uh, while preserving the ability to read them. Right. So basically your input is a word, right? And your yeah. output is that word only with some letters in shapes that represent the semantic meaning of that word, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now let's dive into the introduction. What problem is this paper addressing? Okay, so semantic typography uses typography uh, to uh, visually highlight the meaning of the text. It can be done with the uh, size of the letters, with the position of the letters, color, style of the font. Uh, One of the most challenging techniques in this field is uh, to create what is image. Uh, in this case, the meaning of the word is uh, illustrated only with the graphical elements of the letters, only use the letter's shape. Uh, so if we bre- break down this uh, problem, first, it requires the ability to understand and depict the uh, characteristic of this word. And then we need to take this t- characteristic of this word and uh, it needs to be simple, it needs to be visually appealing, Uh, and, of course, presented uh, clearly while preserving the uh, readability of the words. Um, it takes a lot of creativity and uh, design skills to integrate the chosen visual uh, concept into the shape of the words. Which brings me to the question, why is it an important problem to solve? So who, who needs this kind of semantic typography? Where is it used? Okay, so... This technique and this innovation of word as image uh, is uh, potentially to be used in, in many domains, uh, such as uh, graphic design, uh, adverti- advertising, uh, branding. It could be lead to uh, new forms of creativity um, 
and it's very applicable. Yeah, actually, I can totally see how this fits into any designer's workflow when they're designing, let's say, a logo or something like that. It, it's yeah, totally exactly. plug and play. Mm-hmm. Um, now tell me, please, so, so what are the main challenges? So until uh, recently, it was practically impossible to uh, automatically create Word's image using the computers. Uh, to achieve this task, uh, our paper described novel algorithm that based on recent developments of in deep learning and also utilize the availability of huge models uh, that combine language and visual understanding. So it's the first time to do it. And it opened the possibility for the use of large vision language models to use in semantic topography. This is the first time to do it. And um, also, uh, our method is a vector-based representation of the letters, uh, which allows to rasterize them in any size uh, and to add color and texture if we need it. Yeah, right. So, so just to, to make the raster and vector representation clear mm-hmm. to people that don't play with fonts all day, right? So yeah. raster representation, that means basically pixels, right? We have yeah. little squares that we fill with black or white to, to make the font work. And, and that's mm-hmm. fine as long as you don't need to scale the font up or down too much. It works okay. But once you start scaling, then things start be visually things start to be visually displeasing because they look either blocky or something like that. So there's the Mm -hmm. vector representation that basically you have some equation, control points, um, some splines that represent the the font, and then you can scale it up or down as much as you want and you don't have any of these kind of effects. Yes, exactly. Okay, so moving on to the related work section. So before reading this paper, which one or two papers should people read? Existing method in the field of uh, of uh, textilization uh, usually operate in the raster uh, domain, in the image pixel domain, and uh, use existing icons that uh, are available in the internet. Um, so um, the paper I really recommend to read for the technical uh, aspects of uh, our paper, our method, is the vector fusion. Um, with the existing of a strong uh, pre-trained large text image models, uh, it's uh, really desirable to utilize it for another domain to generate tasks behind the raster images. So we have the Dream Fusion that was the first to oper- to propose a, a way uh, to use the diffusion uh, loss to uh, optimize parameter of a NERF model. And they did it for a text to 3D generation. Uh, they actually defined the SDS loss that it used the gradients of the original uh, diffusion losses. And this loss allows to optimize um, samples from an arbitrary uh, parameter space, not exactly the raster images, as long as we can map back to image uh, differentiability. So for this use, we use the DFVG, the differentiable renderer. And uh, during training, the gradients are backpropagates to the parameters of the uh, of our domain um, to fit to the text prompt. Uh, so Vector Fusion was the first one to do it uh, into the task of text to SVG generation. 
and we found it uh, very useful to our approach. So this is a really important uh, paper to read before uh, our. So it's time to get down to the approach. So tell me, how did you do it? Um, okay. okay. So given a string word, uh, our method is applied to every letter separately. We work on each letter separately. Um, let's begin by uh, defining the, the parameter representation of our problem. So we take the letters, the font, we extract the outline of each letter and uh, convert it to a set of uh, cubic bijay curves. So each uh, bijay curve is uh, with four control points. And what we actually optimize is the location of these control points in the space. And um, after this, we utilize uh, the uh, pre-trained stable diffusion model. So this is uh, so we use it to connect between text and images. And we use the SDS loss, as I mentioned before, uh, to encourage the appearance of the letter to reflect the semantic, uh, the semantic concept. And uh, since we use stable diffusion and was pre-trained on raster images, we need a, a differentiable rasterizer. Uh, we use DFG. Uh, it allows us to break propagate gradients from the raster-based uh, loss uh, to the uh, shape parameters. And to preserve the shape of the original letter and uh, to ensure legibility of the word, uh, we utilize two uh, additional loss functions. Uh, so the first loss is regularate the shape modification uh, by constructing the deformation to be as comfortable conformal as possible uh, over the regulation of the letter's shape. It's uh, basically L2 distance between the corresponding angles of the letters before and after the, uh, the reshape. And the second loss is preserve the local tone and the structure of the letter. Uh, we do it by comparing the low-pass filter uh, of the resulting rasterized letter to the original one. So it's L2 distance between the, uh, the blurred uh, raster letters um, before and after the, uh, the reshaping. And these are the main, uh, main objective functions that uh, maintain the style of the font and the readability of the letters and the word is all. This was a bit much. Let me just quickly recap what I understand, okay? And tell me if I'm, I'm right or wrong. So the input is text, right? It's a word. Now, mm -hmm. then you want to change each individual word to represent the semantic meaning of that word. So let's say you have the word cat. You want mm -hmm. each letter to now be distorted in some way to show a cat. Yeah. Um, then in order to do that, the first step is to break down these letters into individual control points. Right. You yes, yes. you you represent that as Bezier curves. And, and in the paper, I saw that some letters you can represent with very few busy. So with very few control points. So you kind of add more control points and you have a nice ablation study on the control point. But basically yes. you have control points as input. Then you feed that into your pipeline. And basically a diffusion model is what kind of gives you the semantic meaning for this distortion. The mm -hmm. problem is that it kind of over distorts it in such a way that it's not 
it doesn't reflect the original letter. So you kind of add these two new components, two new loss functions that, mm-hmm. that try to maintain the readability of the letter, right? One of them is the, this as conformal as possible, right? You do a triangulation, you try to kind of minimize uh, that. Uh, and the other one is the, the filter-based one where you kind of take the input uh, letter and the output letter, you blur them out and you want to say, okay, these kind of two should be should be like very close to each other. Otherwise, this thing is totally distorted. Yes, exactly. Um, I just can add that the weight between the three objective functions is really important. Um, it's very, very sensitive. Uh, we need to uh, find the right balance between all of them so we can actually make an impact and uh, to change the word, to change the letter to the semantic concept and still uh, maintain the readability. And this is also a hyperparameter, so everyone can choose whatever they like. And uh, because uh, this is a kind of a, a field that uh, anyone can love something yes. else. Right. So. They can use it to customize the, the the output that they want, right? They can use it as a these kind of control knobs, right? I want it more semantically meaningful, less, less readable. I want it more readable, less semantically meaningful, right? These are these kind of control things you can play around with and you can get yeah. like different results and, and do... Mm-hmm. All sorts of different things, right? You, um, in the results of the paper, I saw that you you don't always change all the letters because if you change all the letters, then it's sometimes hard to make out the word. But then if you change like only the few ones that are very kind of distinct, then that kind of brings everything up, and you're like, oh wow, this is an amazing yeah. result. Yeah. Um, which actually is a nice bridge to the results section of the paper, right? So, okay. how do you even evaluate this kind of method? Uh, so we define three objectives uh, for the efficient of the results. Uh, it should be uh, visually captured to give a semantic concept. Uh, it should maintain readability and it should preserve the original font, uh, font style. Uh, so to evaluate this, we conduct a user study um, to measure how we succeeded in this method. So the user study um, showed to people uh, letters in a shape of a semantic concept and another font that can relate it to. And the people need to uh, choose what the semantic concept, what the font that is uh, uh, connected to, and uh, what's the letter behind it. And we did it uh, to uh, result from our uh, method and also for results uh, using only the SDS loss. So only the uh, semantic uh, change uh, uh, process. And of course, the result is uh, as we expected. Uh, If it was only the SDS loss, so the uh, semantic concept was uh, very um, recognizable and uh, uh, people see the, the actual uh, what we mean, but they couldn't uh, read the letter and they couldn't uh, understand the style of the font. And if we do it with the, our method, so uh, the results show that the level of uh, concept recognition are very well and the letter legibility uh, 
were very high and also the, uh, the style matching of the letters. Um, more of that, we also tested our algorithm um, according to a baseline that we, uh, we compared to. We define baseline based on a large popular text-to-image models. Uh, we used a stable diffusion. We used SD-Edit, um, DALI-2, and the clip draw. And in the paper, you can uh, see that the, the, um, each one of the methods uh, missing something. Some of them uh, couldn't make any legible text. Some of them couldn't put enough a, con a semantic concept, uh, and some of them didn't uh, save the uh, font style at all. Uh, and so you can see that our method is the best, of course, uh, uh, be between those uh, methods. Yeah, I think like the, the interesting part about the results section of this work is that it's not your traditional bold numbers table that you compare to existing method. It's like a really kind of it's launching this new direction of, of doing this kind of new task in some way, right? And and the yeah. best way to evaluate it is, I think, is the user study, right? Because it's all subjective, right? Is it aesthetically pleasing? Is it readable? That really depends on the person that's looking at it, right? Some people will pick up things that other people won't. And, and I really like that part of the experiment section. Um, were there any kind of fail cases that you've encountered? Of course. Uh, so um, most of our, of our fail cases is where the semantic meaning of the word is like ambiguous or difficult to visualize. Uh, in some cases, the deformation of the letters uh, may not uh, convey enough the semantic concept. Uh, in other cases, um, the letters convey the semantic concept too much and the letter was not uh, readability. So this is the kind of uh, problem we uh, address to. And were there any unexpected findings? Like has something happened that you didn't expect it to? Um, I think that uh, we show in the paper that uh, this uh, method can work on a Chinese language. And I think it was really amazing that it can work on every language. I also... Uh, so some uh, someone from the, our community that he uh, utilized our code to do it uh, to Arabic language. So it's really can be modified to an, any language. And uh, I think this is uh, like it worked on Chinese. So I think it can work on any other language. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. Fine. So moving on to the conclusions and future work section of the paper. So how do you see the impact of the paper going forward? And were there any interesting follow-up works? Uh, the paper has received a significant uh, attention uh, in the community of uh, uh, graph uh, computer graphics and also among uh, designers. Uh, like Twitter is blowing up <laughs> about this uh, concept. And uh, I think uh, overall the paper made a significant contribution to the field of typography. It's, it's something very creative and uh, thinking out of the box about this problem. And I think and I hope that it will lead to a new research in the field. 
Uh, there are some papers that uh, already uh, quote us. Uh, the first one was uh, uh, DSA Fusion. I will let you uh, to uh, quote it. Um, it basically uses our uh, our way of thinking and add color and uh, more stuff to uh, to this problem, and it's really nice. Our paper. Uh, I think it's put unique tools. It's like very applicable and uh, it can put uh, a help to designers to generate unique and personalized words image illustration. Uh, as I said before, they can use it uh, in different uh, styles and different uh, and different uh, um, um, balance between the, the semantic concept and the readability and they can choose any semantic concept and any text. Uh, you don't need to uh, make the semantic concept uh, as the same text you put. Like you can put your name Itik and you can uh, use a semantic concept of a podcast and to choose a one letter and it can change it. Um, anyone can try it. We have demo in the Hagen phase, so it's uh, public for all. And uh, we can it it work for many 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 uh, semantic concepts and for a lot of uh, font styles. So it's really a robust robustness a uh, method. Yeah, and I think that the nice thing about this paper is that it kind of fits into this new line of work of creativity, right? You're basically providing this very cool new tool that people are going to change their design workflow that, you know, usually designers, they used to, you know, take the font and do it all manually and like figure mm -hmm. out the concept or how to change the letters on their own. But now you have this new, new amazing method. You can run, you can just run it. Like even if you're not using the output as is, but it's a nice kind of first draft that you can use or you can use it as is the results are, are good enough in my opinion i'm no designer though um <laughs> and yeah and i think the fact that there is this online demo that you can use is super useful for the community to kind of explore the different options and kind of see how the results work I i'm going to use it like right away and, and try it on the podcast uh title right. see how that works <laughs> Um, okay, so this brings us to my favorite part of the podcast. What did reviewer two say? Please share some insightful comments in the review section. So actually, uh, all of the reviewers were very excited about this approach and uh, these amazing results because we supply a lot of results in the in the supplemental materials. Um, and the reviewer two found it. A very interesting paper and uh, fun to read. He really enjoyed it, uh, and I think it it is quite uh, interesting work. Uh, and he proposed it for uh, for the general track for a uh, 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 SIGGRAPH. And the one thing that was missed uh, in his opinion is the uh, more examples of uh, the limited of our uh, of our method. Um, you can see it by the many results that some of them is like, as I said before, but uh, he wants us to emphasize it more. So we add it in the next uh, version of the paper. Right. So the reviewer wanted to see where does it fail, right? Because yeah. like... It's it, too good the, to the, 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 <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a valid point, right? Because a lot of times I'm not talking specifically about your paper, but generally in many papers, you see results, right? When they're so visually pleasing, you're kind of wondering, is this cherry picked or is this like really, really yeah. works universally? Right. And, and in the absence of these kind of, you know, extended data set when you can benchmark everything into a table, which you can't really do in this kind of work, then then you're, I totally get what he's saying. Like, show us where it fails. We want to see the failure cases. Um, yeah. And I think overall that what makes the, the work better, right? You show the, the good cases and the, and the bad cases and like you can, and people can decide for themselves, right? Yeah. All right, excellent. Anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Uh, so uh, the, there is a website you can uh, go in and try the code and the demo uh, by yourself and, and can see and make your creativity come to life with uh, this uh, word is image and enjoy. Yes, thank you very much for providing this kind of useful tool for the community that they can just go and use this demo and code. This is super useful and I always kind of have a warm place in my heart for these kind of works that put on, put the extra effort into getting these kind of things up and running for the community to use. So thank you for that. And it's time to wrap up. So Shil, thank you very much for being a part of the podcast. And until next time, let your papers do the talking. Bye. Thank you for listening. That's it for this episode of Talking Papers. Please subscribe to the podcast feed on your favorite podcast app. All links are available in this episode description and on the Talking Papers website. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, sponsor it, or just share your thoughts with us, feel free to email talking.papers.podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in every week for the latest episodes. And until then, let your papers do the talking. Talking.